Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Appreciate you spending a Wednesday with us. Hour one, we've discussed the new NFL rule, which will allow instant replay for pass interference. Break down the Sweet 16 with you and also with John Campbell from Odd Shark. In hour two, we get ready for the anonymous mailbag. Break down everything there. And we'll bring in Chad Withrow. We talk Robert Kraft's defense much more, all that still to come. Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast here on OutKick. OutKick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for OutKick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, I want to give credit to the NFL as we begin today's show. This is major news uh, that I think makes the game a lot better, and it's amazing how responsive the NFL has been. NFL owners have approved an expansion of the league's replay system after the disaster that happened at the end of the Saints-Rams game in the NFC Championship game back in January. Pass interference, both offensive and defensive, will now be reviewable. First penalties in the history of the league's replay system to be added to approved reviews. The replay booth, in conjunction with the league's office in New York, will initiate challenges in the final two minutes. Coaches will be limited to two challenges per game, 
with a third awarded if they are successful on the first two. Again, coaches will be able to challenge non-calls for pass interference. Uh, This is a really big deal. Uh, Move has been advocated by the Saints since uh, their January 20th playoff loss. Uh, And I believe we have Sean Payton talking about the impact of this rule change. Here he is. If we have gone through a process like this and and really with with an open heart tried to look at doing what was right, and after much discussion came to a conclusion where ownership, league office, coaches, GMs felt real good about, certainly fans won knowing that, man, those guys are working hard at the right decision. Uh, that is Sean Payton. I also think we have Roger Goodell reacting to this rule as well. You will see replay continue to evolve, but I would tell you that I think one of the foundations of it was the challenge system. Uh, the clubs really felt that that was important to continue. So I could see it expanding to other plays in the future within the challenge system. The replay has been an important tool for us, and you know it wasn't able to correct something that we wanted to have corrected in the past. That, to me, it was the driving force ultimately at the end of the day. Ultimately, all 32 NFL coaches were in favor of this, and I think it makes the game much better. It's the exact solution that I brought to bear on this show in the wake of the way that the Rams and the Saints game went down. I said, look, here's what you need to do. You just need to expand replay within the existing system and allow coaches to challenge the pass interference penalties If you have the ability to review an instant replay and see whether the call was made correctly, then this will be a system that will not dramatically alter the outcome of games. Uh, Sorry, Uh, evidently it was 31-1, to and the Cincinnati Bengals voted against it, Danny G. Yeah, what a bunch of losers. Now, yeah, that's actually really funny. It makes me even more confident that the right decision was made, that the Bengals uh, managed to decide to vote against it. But I actually, uh, I, I think this is a dramatic improvement in the NFL. I think the NFL deserves credit for recognizing uh, that an error was made in a major way and that this is not the only time errors like this occur. And I think it's a way to better strengthen the overall outcome of NFL games. And uh, I think there's nothing wrong. I, I've said from the get-go, all of officiating is a judgment call. Right, Whether or not a guy's knee is down before he fumbled is a judgment call. Whether or not a guy got his foot in, uh, in uh, both feet in for a touchdown is a judgment call. So if you can determine whether a judgment call is correct or not on replay, which we can, then I think we can also do it for penalties. And I love that you're not expanding the number of coaches' challenges so, you know, a coach is not probably going to throw a challenge flag for a five-yard pass pattern that ends in a uh, pass interference call or uh, that, that's a missed pass interference call because the coach is going to say, you know what, it's not worth using up one of my challenges on this play in the event that something more substantial and egregious of an error happens. So I don't think this will substantially alter the length of games or anything of that magnitude. I think it's just going to go towards making sure that the team that wins on the field is the team that is reflected as the winner on the scoreboard. So I think this is a big change. I think this is a smart change. I know it's trendy to jump on and and rip the NFL for their decision-making, 
but I think the league, the teams, the owners, and uh, and everything surrounding Roger Goodell here, this is the right play. I want to bring in the crew uh, and find out whether or not you guys agree with me. Danny G, is there any doubt at all that this is the right call? No, this is the right call. I'm surprised how fast they got it done because obviously the NFL is notorious for taking their sweet time and dragging their feet on rules changes. If you're a Cowboys fan or a Raiders fan, you're scratching your head a little bit because it took the NFL over three years to fix the catch rule and just over 11 years for them to do away with the tuck rule. So this is justice for the whining Saints fans and for you and Cousin Sal losing $60,000. Yeah, we lost $60,000 on this blown call, but I think what inevitably will happen now is I will be a loser on a gambling bet because of the new rule now. That's the way this thing works. Like You lose because of the, the, the loophole or an error in the rule, and then now if they change the rule, I'll be the first person to lose because of the changed rule from a gambling perspective. I just have zero doubt about that. Let me bring in uh, Eddie Garcia. Eddie, are you also uh, in agreement here? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that the Saints game was how this got fast-tracked, but this is just the NFL admitting that with the technology we have and all of the angles and the way football is such a great TV sport, that replay has to be utilized to get these calls right because I just the officials can't do the job on their own anymore. And, you know, with the way, you know, pass interference is such a crucial call a lot of times in games, it, I think they just finally admitted, eventually we're going to get here. Let's go ahead and do it now and maybe work out the kinks and see how it's going to work. But they had to do this. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I have been saying for a long time, the NFL, all these are, there used to be a distinction between, oh, what's a judgment call and what's not. But the NFL will watch the film of every game, great officials, and send a review to the teams to let them know, hey, we got this one right, hey, we missed this one, uh, to kind of give you an overall guide of how the game was officiated. So they know whether the right call was made or not once they go back and review the film. I don't see this as being particularly difficult at all. Now, I do think coaches are going to have to get better at uh, at making decisions about whether or not there was a clear blown call when it comes to uh, to pass interference, but I think what you'll see is most of the time they will not challenge sort of bang bang plays where it's uncertain what the outcome might be, and I think you still have to give discretion to the officials on the field. But in a situation like the Saints Rams game, I think it's a no brainer that we'll have to make uh, make that decision to go for the uh, the adjustment. Uh, what about you, Dub? Are you all in right call? I mean, I think we're all going to be unanimous on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how you couldn't be. I mean, you got to get these calls right. And I'm curious what you think because with the uh, with the acceleration of legalized gambling, I think if that wasn't happening, then we may not have seen this rule change because there's going to be so much money exchanging hands in legal gambling that they got to be able to get these calls right in uh, big games. Yeah, I think that's a smart angle too. Uh, I saw where Delaware just allowed sports gambling. I retweeted a link recently where my home state of Tennessee is debating whether or not to allow sports gambling. Indiana and Illinois are both close, as is New York State. Uh, There are a lot of places that are going to be fully legal by the time football season starts. Probably, I would guess, almost 13 or 14 of our states. And I think when there is real money being wagered in these states – it actually puts pressure on officiating to be even more accurate 
because more people, especially in the NFL, where the difference between one team and another team is often very minuscule, uh, one call can make a big difference in terms of the overall win probability, win percentage, or the team that deserves to win versus the team that actually wins. So I think gambling uh, becoming legalized more so across the country actually is going to make the sports better and more responsive to the marketplace because the marketplace, there'll be more people with money on the line. Uh, Roberto, right call? Yeah, definitely. It's great to see that you know they're finally going to get it. Some of these PI calls that are so controversial, they're going to get it right. You know, I was watching uh, the Champions League soccer. It's one of the most uh, competitive tournaments in Europe, and there's a lot of controversial calls there. And they go to the uh, the replay all the time. It's good to see that they're going to do the same thing in the NFL now. Yeah, certainly in soccer, whether or not to call a penalty kick, whether a handball occurred, all those things, whether the ball crossed the goal line, um, sometimes can be very difficult to know for sure. And uh, Women's World Cup starts up, I think, on June 7th, and uh, and that always seems to emerge as a, a major issue there. My uh, suggestion is if you've got the replay angles and you've got the technology to make things better than the human eye can uh, can sometimes make them, you got to take advantage of it. All right, when we come back, uh, Dub, I believe, is owed a segment of the show. We talked about this yesterday. We will discuss why that is. Also, for your roadmap of where the show is going, Hour two is going to be the anonymous mailbag live on the air. We haven't done that for a while. We're on Sweet 16 Eve here, uh, but we've got an opportunity to uh, to break down the anonymous mailbag in hour two. Also in hour one, John Campbell is going to join us. We'll give you a little bit of gambling tips as we roll into the uh, into the weekend of the Sweet 16. The games start tomorrow. Four games on Thursday. Four on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. A lot of basketball. The final really big weekend of basketball in college. So uh, we will have 12 games to look forward to. And we'll start to break some of that down for you from a gambling perspective. All that and more. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. If you didn't see what Dub tweeted me, Dub said, hey, if Auburn wins, I get to do a whole segment by myself. If Tennessee wins, I'll answer the phones really well. That's literally his job. There probably won't be a lot of news, and I can just go ahead and toss a segment away. At least I have no idea what he's going to do. I have no idea what he's going to try to pull off, but I'm not very confident that it'll be any good. But welcome to my life having to deal with Dub, right? Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping would be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. So you just heard that audio coming back. Before the SEC title game, Dub said Auburn and Tennessee are playing, and he said, I got to be the only person in America who gets wagered by employees. Hey, if my side wins, I'll do my job. That's what Dub basically is saying. Uh, And certainly on Wednesdays, Dub is on the spot because he's got to answer phone calls and be prepared for the anonymous mailbag and not screw things up, which is a huge battle for Dub. But let's bring in Dub now. So you have a segment. Uh, what are your questions here? 
Well, I've been thinking about it, you know. But first of all, what a great bet by me. I mean, the value in that play was off the charts. Maybe definitely a top five bet I've ever made personally. Yeah, but I got to be the but, only boss in America who has employees who say, "Hey, how about if my side wins, I do my job." That's a really uh, aggressive, uh, aggressive play by you. That's you the magic will of March. Actually, do your job if your team wins. It's the magic of March. So I've been having, I've, I've been tossing some ideas in my head, and at first I was talking to Danny G last week. And, you know, maybe I do, uh, you know, an oral history of Tennessee sports, but that seemed a little mean-spirited, if we're going to be frank. And then I also had an idea, because I ran across something on Reddit regarding uh, the AT&T Center where my Spurs play home games and their issue with bats. Yeah. And it could have been like a, uh, maybe an Animal Thunderdome Hall of Fame nominee, per se. But then I really got to thinking, and in 18 days will be Sunday, April the 14th. And that is the Sunday of Augusta. But more importantly, and I can't believe I'm even saying this because the Masters is so near and dear to my heart, it is also the premiere of the final season of Game of Thrones. It is an amazing weekend. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, we got Game of Thrones coming back on the 14th. And you're right, it is the same weekend as the Masters. So you can, if you are listening to us right now and you're a Game of Thrones fan and a golf fan, which, I mean, there's got to be, you know, a huge overlap, I would think, because even if you're not a golf fan, I feel like people get psyched about the Masters. And a lot of that, I think, depending on where you live, is, let's say you're in the upper Midwest, or let's say you're in the Northeast, or an area of the country where spring hasn't sprung yet, when you see Augusta and see the fact that spring is back, you get excited about, okay, not too long till summer now. I know a lot of people talk about the Groundhog. I feel like for much of the sporting public, the Groundhog Day event is you'll watch Augusta and you think, okay, spring is going to be here before long. Winter is almost over. So I think uh, we got winter coming down in uh, in the Game of Thrones, and then we've got winter over on Augusta. So spectacular April 14th. No doubt. So what I was thinking, we, we let March Madness run its course, okay? And the week leading up to Game of Thrones, there are some wild, wild theories and predictions online. And the best part about this is I don't even have to do any work. I just have to steal other people's work and share them with the nation as far as the theories of Game of Thrones. A different so maybe, theory every day the week of the Masters week? And that's kind of what I was thinking of. Oh, maybe the last good. segment of each show... I could bring another theory, another you know potential prediction, and we can discuss that in the last segment of each show, the week leading up to Game of Thrones, and maybe on Friday, we have a little Masters Game of Thrones prediction special to lead us into the weekend. No, oh, that's good. I like that. What do you think the reaction would be out there in the general public, all 50 states right now, with me saying, pronouncing right now, hour two every Monday during the six-week run of Game of Thrones will be an hour of Game of Thrones discussion on this show. Do you think Stick to Sports Guy is going to lose his mind, or do you think there are a ton of people right now driving into work that are just giddy at the idea of us doing an hour every Monday in hour two to break down Game of Thrones? Well, stick to sports guys always going to lose his mind if we're not talking, you know, who's going to be picked in the second round of the NFL draft at that point in time in the year. So, I mean, I'm not really too concerned with stick to sports guy. Stick to sports guy is the most, like, the minute that we start the Animal Thunderdome, he's like, what, stick to sports? Talk about 
Talk, yeah, second round draft picks is great. Talk about who somebody's going to take in the second. Talk about the wide receiver depth of the Green Bay Packers, please. I'm begging you. I just want solely sport. Yeah. So, what do you think about that in general? Does I don't even know the answer to this question. Dub, you obviously watch Game of Thrones. Does everybody else on the show watch Game of Thrones? I'm pretty sure, yeah. and 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 it stays in line with how you've always done it, Clay. Because I know in the past you would do a half hour on Game of Thrones every single Monday reacting. The only complaint we got from GOT fans was that if they hadn't seen it yet, they didn't want the spoilers, remember? Yeah, but to remember? me, and I understand that argument, but to me, there are only six episodes to finish out the season. If you don't watch it live or that night, right? I'm not saying that, you know, for instance, on the West Coast, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to have watched it. If you don't watch Game of Thrones that night, I feel like it's a little bit like saying I'm DVRing a sporting event. You can't be angry at somebody who is like within 12 hours of a sporting event being over. It'd be like so if somebody called in and said, hey, I had to work, so I didn't get to watch Monday Night Football. Can you guys not talk about Monday Night Football till Wednesday? Be like, what? Or somebody saying, hey, I got to travel this Sunday so I missed the entirety of the NFL. Can you guys wait until Tuesday to talk about the what happened on the NFL over the weekend? No, that would be ludicrous. So I feel like that's a pretty strong play by us. Just letting everybody know right now that the second hour of the show every Monday, and, and it's also the time of the year, because what else coming out of the weekend is going to be a major... I mean, I guess we could talk NBA playoffs but is anybody that excited about April NBA playoffs? Oh, the Warriors beat the crap out of the number eight seed. Uh, the, you know, the Bucks beat the crap out of the number eight seed in the East. I mean, I don't think there's going to be that much drama. Uh, and then we got six straight weeks, and then we're into basically the summer. So I think that's actually, for surprisingly, given that he doesn't usually make very good contributions, Dub actually with a really good suggestion there. Now, uh, is everybody acknowledging Eddie and Roberto? Do you guys also watch Game of Thrones? Well, here's here's my my issue. I I don't have HBO. I haven't had it for a while, and Game of Thrones seems like something I would love. So my plan of action was once the once it was finished, I was gonna like buy all the DVDs and then at some point just have an insane you know, over months. Binge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I haven't, I've only seen a couple of episodes. Obviously, I know some of what's going on because you just can't help but have some of it filter into your consciousness with social media and everything else. But I will try, you guys obviously do whatever you got to do. I will try my best to not listen. And then I'll just have somebody give me a finger and point at me when I have to talk or something. So do what you got to do and I'll do my best to avoid it. What percentage of our listeners do you think watch Game of Thrones? To put it into context, when this show is airing, I think this year, because every year it builds on itself, more and more people will end up watching uh, every single year because the, they do what Eddie just said he's going to do, like they binge and they catch up. I think that, and I'm not kidding about this, I think that Game of Thrones will be this year's finale, these final six episodes. I think, uh, and this this could be this could be bold, but I think it's going to be accurate. I think other than the Super Bowl and the AFC and the NFC Championship game, I think it will be four through four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, four through ten, four through nine, the next six most watched shows in America this year. 
Like, I think it'll outrate every NFL game otherwise. I think it will outrate every NBA Finals game, every uh, college football game, including the playoffs, every one of the March Madness games. Like, that's how big of an audience I think this thing will produce. I think it'll be the fourth through the ninth most popular. And it may, when you get into, like, the finale of the finales, it may give a run at the NFC and the AFC championship game. May get up there into that 40 or 50 million total viewership. Yeah, I'm looking at HBO's stats here. They regularly draw over 10 million viewers to each episode. Yeah, but the way that also factors in is it's way more. It'll be way over 20 million because by the time it's all said and done yeah yeah, some people watch it on delay and every year the numbers continue to grow because you can go back and binge it and catch up so I'm just curious how much of an overlap that is uh, in terms of our audience and Game of Thrones but to me I'm going to treat it like a sporting event like the playoffs Uh, you got a six-week season and uh, and every every day an hour two we will discuss and open up the phone lines and have a major breakdown of everything that took place. And we'll have to drop Eddie every every second hour because uh, because evidently he hasn't been able to catch up. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell Eddie when to turn his monitors down. I don't feel bad at this point if you haven't caught up. You've had like, what year did Game of Thrones start? You've had like five years to catch up. So if you haven't been able to catch up, that's kind of on you. And if you can't steal somebody's HBO Go password to be able to watch it live or get a stream from Reddit where there's obviously a lot of obsession with Game of Thrones, then you're really not trying that hard. Remember, was it last season? Uh, I think it was the last season when they had that episode leak. That's Uh, right. A couple of episodes leaked on, uh, and they were posted online. And and so I think that there's uh, there's no doubt this thing is going to continue to grow in popularity. And I write articles about it. We do a live reaction show on outkick the show which is which is insanely popular and uh so i'll do that every sunday as soon as it ends april 17th 2011 was the very first episode 2011 so you've had eight years to catch up now eight years i mean that's like that's like when my second son was born so uh so yeah i don't feel bad for you at all let's bring in eddie garcia who has not seen any of the game of thrones yet well i saw one one episode yeah which episode did you see? It was the one, and forgive me for not knowing the names of the characters, but it was like the king burned his daughter at the stake. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. How did this you end is... up just watching that one episode? I, I, I was, I just happened to stumble across it at work. I was here at work. And I, so I'm like, I'm going to watch a little bit of this. And I was like, oh my God, this is sick, but in a wonderful way. Sick, but in a wonderful way. Yeah. It's actually a decent description. What I always say is if you like sex and violence, you'll yeah, like Game, Game orgies. of <laughs> there used to be more Thank orgies. You, yeah. There used to be. Yeah. Thanks for hopping in, Alberto. <laughs> used to be more orgies. They they've dialed back the sex and increased the violence um, of late. We'll see whether or not that continues. They're targeting uh, the Bible Belt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're gonna be joined here shortly by uh, John Campbell. But I'm curious. I want to go around the the horn here on the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, do you guys have a favorite? play or bet in the Sweet 16? I'll start with you, Dub, because I know you like to gamble. Like We got uh, 12 games that are coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four Thursday, four Friday. I'm trying to decide if Tennessee beats Purdue, I think I'm going to go up to Louisville and watch that that, uh, Elite Eight game between Tennessee and either Virginia, probably, or Oregon if they were to pull off the upset. If Tennessee loses, I won't go. Um, but I'm curious, do you have a favorite bet going into the weekend? 
I mean, right now, I've been so impressed with Gonzaga, and I know Florida State's been playing really well, but Gonzaga right now, I mean, I think this is a team that has one goal, and that's making it to the Final Four and making it to the title game, and I don't think they're going to slip up one bit against Florida State. So I think the number right now is six and a half or seven. I kind of like the Zags at that number right now. Yeah, I I, I am uh, really kind of torn on a lot of these games because we have some big numbers out there, relatively speaking. And Duke was not very good, obviously, against Central Florida, but they now are a pretty massive favorite over uh, over Virginia Tech. I think, And this could be crazy, and this could be the homer in me, but I actually think Tennessee minus one against Purdue is a decent bet. Uh, now, that's despite the fact that Tennessee has been really erratic. Um, but, uh, but I think they match up really well with Purdue. And uh, and I've bet all these games already on lock it in. Do either anybody else on the show have a strong read on any Sweet 16 game that you love? Well, I'm wondering if this is where Kentucky gets knocked out. I really like the way Houston is playing. And they definitely had the celebration uh, of last weekend with the Super Soakers. Yeah, in, that was pretty great. It was awesome in the locker room. And I'm wondering if we will see another celebration like that by Houston. To me, the biggest story from the Houston-Kentucky game is what's going on with P.J. Washington's injury. Kentucky is six points better when P.J. Washington is on the court. He came in. You know, they've replaced crutches now. Nobody uses crutches anymore. They all have these wheeling, like, I'm going to put my knee up on the on the wheeler or whatever, which seems to me almost more difficult than using crutches. But it'd be stunning to me for P.J. Washington to go from arriving in a hard cast on a wheel, you know, whatever those things are, roller, to suddenly being able to play against Houston. I think that's going to be a low-scoring, really defensive struggle. And I think there's a good shot Houston pulls off the upset there. The one thing that makes me a little bit nervous about that game is the fact that Kentucky basically lives under the microscope all year long. Everything that they do, they're used to playing in front of big crowds. They're used to big games. And Houston hasn't been to the Sweet 16 since 1984. So could the moment get too big for Houston late in a tight game? Yeah, I definitely think that could happen. Also, I think there's some Kelvin Sampson drama. Guy is an indisputably a great coach. Well, you now have got Texas A&M, which is open. You've got Arkansas uh, open up now as a job. Mike Anderson was fired yesterday. Uh, you have got uh, Alabama, which, I mean, I think there are a lot of schools that could make a run at Kelvin Sampson. And so I wonder a little bit about a distraction that could follow that team and whether or not uh, that could end up hanging over uh, this Houston team as well. We'll discuss all this and more with uh, John Campbell. He's at Odd Shark at Johnny Odd Shark. He's going to join us next. Break down the Sweet 16 and uh, more. All that still to come. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. We return as we roll through the Wednesday edition of the show. Hope your morning's going well. Bring in John Campbell now at Johnny Odd Shark on Twitter. Get you ready for the Sweet 16. And uh, John Campbell, this is an amazing stat. The uh, second round of the NCAA tournament, there are 16 games. If you had merely bet on the favorite, you would have gone 16-0. and I mean, which is an extraordinary statistic. You think that's going to flip in the Sweet 16? Or how are you playing this? Uh, let's kind of start to dive into these games. Yeah, the first time that's ever happened in, in the second round, that was, that was pretty incredible stuff. And I'm actually looking at the opposite heading into the Sweet 16 here. I think if you take every underdog on the board, I think you're going to come out just fine. So I'm looking at dogs moving into this round. 
So who do you like the best? Which games do you think offer the most value at this point in time for people out there heading into the Sweet 16? Uh, there are a few I like. I, Oregon plus eight and a half, the biggest line on the board here. That that's one that just jumped out at me, uh, and, and that number just feels way too big to me. These are two defensive teams that that prefer to play in a low scoring game, and with a number that's kind of creeping up to to double digits, that just feels like too much. Oregon rides a ten game straight up and against the and against the spread winning streak into this one as well. So to give them that many points, that that one stood out uh, to me right away. I, a couple more. I mean, Virginia Tech did. That's the second biggest one, plus seven and a half against Duke here. Duke is on an against the spread losing slide here. They they've only covered one out of their last seven games here. They've also lost straight up the last two meetings against Virginia Tech. And if you get uh, Zion or Barrett into any kind of foul trouble early, they're in big trouble against Virginia Tech here. So just those big two numbers were ones that stood out to me. But but uh, really, I'm, I'm looking at every single underdog. Every single underdog. So uh, so you just named two of them, Duke and uh and potentially Oregon as uh, as Duke and uh, and, and sorry uh, Virginia as potentially overvalued teams. When you look at the odds to make the Final Four, do you then like some of these underdogs? Because for instance, some places you can get LSU at fifteen to one. Uh, you can get uh, I think it's Houston at like six to one. There are some pretty big underdogs on winning two games, right? And uh, and, and those seem like substantial uh, kind of uh, plays of value relative to uh, especially if you like the underdogs in the Sweet 16. Yeah, it's, and, and if you look at all the regions, uh, the only team that is not minus money to be favored is North Carolina. They're plus 125 to win the Midwest. And, yeah, if you're looking at futures at this point, look look as far down the board, basically, as you can go here. And, and yes, that's LSU. They're 12 to 1 to 15 to 1 in that kind of range. Oregon's 10 to 1. I don't think they're going to win the South region, uh, but but they're in there. And then when you look at, at futures overall to win it all, I, I I wouldn't look lower than Texas Tech and and beyond. So they're twenty to one. Auburn's twenty five to one. It goes down the board to Oregon at eighty to one. I wouldn't look above that. And, and even with Texas Tech, their, their number has been sliced in half since the start of the tournament. They were forty to one ish uh, coming into this one. But those teams have 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 a shot. Texas Tech, a real good team. They play great defense, but but they're also a great shooting team. Auburn's got great guard play, great rebounding, a lot of speed. They can do a lot of different things, and, and uh, Houston's no slouch uh, as well. They're twenty-five to one, so I'd be looking in that range if, if you're looking to jump on the futures train at this point. Let's dive into that Houston Kentucky game because uh, the Cougars obviously have had a lot of success this year, but as I said earlier, they're in the Sweet Sixteen for the first time since nineteen eighty-four. To me, the biggest story in this game is P.J. Washington's health. What is the market doing? Are they assuming he's not playing uh, Kentucky around a two-and-a-half-point favorite? How do you think uh, the market, in terms of this number, is analyzing his health? I, I think the number's right where it should be. It's, it's Houston's plus two-and-a-half. I, I think he will play. It's just my hunch. Um, and uh, I, I like Houston there as well. Houston's been been just a solid team this year. Defensively, they they uh, they're great in transition. They've got excellent talent, and they're a great bat. They keep covering the number over and over. They're twenty two, twelve and two against the spread this season. So they just keep getting underestimated. Not the best schedule, and I think that's what has everyone a little bit nervous to back them here. But 
I don't think Kentucky's just quite as good as, as what this number suggests or, or what some of the odds suggest as well. So I like Houston to win this game. Uh, what about you, you mentioned that Auburn UNC game? We had Bruce Pearl on the show earlier this week, and he talked about the difficulty of putting together a game plan against a team as talented as UNC. It's got the biggest over under on the board around 162, 163. Do you think these two teams are going to show up and just run and gun both up and down the court? We know that's what they typically like to do. Do you like the over or the under here? I like the under here a little bit because uh, I, I it, it just because of the number. It's a really high number. North Carolina hasn't been shooting quite as well through two games as we normally see them shoot. And their their team, I like UNC. I took UNC to win it all, and because their team that loves to shoot from everywhere and they can make those shots from everywhere, so they start hitting those early. I, I might take UNC in game. This might be the one sort of favorite where, where I look in game to take them if they're hitting those ones early. Uh, but I, I think it's going to go under. I think they want to slow down the pace. I don't think they want to get in a run and gun game that gets a little out of control with Auburn. Auburn just has great speed at the guard position. And like UNC, they're an excellent rebounding team. So, so they don't want things to get out of control. I think the more they can, can control the pace, the better uh, for them. So I like the under. What about uh, some of these over-unders on games where you think they're going to be defensive struggles? You've got, uh, you've got Michigan going up against a really good defensive team in Texas Tech. You've got UVA, who seems to dictate tempo, going up against Oregon. Both of those extremely low in the over-under uh, categories. How do you play those? Yeah, it, normally my, my general sort of rule is, is with low totals, I look to play under, and with high totals, I, I look to take over, even though I'm taking the under in that high one. Uh, but, uh, it, I, yeah, the Texas Tech at Michigan one, that is one where I, I am looking under, 126. Uh, Michigan, the number two scoring defense in the nation. Texas Tech, the, the, the top efficiency defense in the nation as well. So I think that one's going to go under. I know these totals look low, and, and 119 as well with Oregon and, and Virginia, but those those guys love a defensive grind. And don't be scared of a low total or a high total. They're, they're low for a reason. So, so real low number, I think that one's probably going to go under with Oregon and Virginia as well. Six or seven games left-ish in the NBA season. Would you take the Warriors or pick a team in the field uh, on NBA Finals? Oh, in the field for sure. Just the Warriors, no value here, and and the Warriors. I, I don't know. I think they're I think they're exhausted. I think these runs are catching up with them. And Steve Kerr has commented that that's his biggest challenge with his team here, and and I think we might see a surprise this year. Outstanding stuff as always. Uh, go follow uh, uh, Johnny John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Sounds good. Thanks, Clay. Uh, that is John Campbell. All right, when we come back, hour two on Wednesdays typically means what? It's the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. That means Dub is on the spot. Dub has to be able to field your calls. All we need is your state. Let me know where you live, and you can ask me any question under the sun, and I will solve it. I am the King Solomon of the Internet and the King Solomon of radio. This is Outkick the Coverage's anonymous mailbag we are opening up the phone lines i will solve any question for you all we need is your state 877-996-6369 877-996-6369 the anonymous mailbag wednesday edition i'll kick the coverage let me solve your problems check out the hook 
and this man will revolve it on OutKick, the coverage. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios. Uh, Okay, we are lining up for uh, the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. Phone number straightforwardly, 877-996-6369. If you're just waking up across the country, only really what I would say is substantial news in the world of sports, I'll give you a quick rundown here, is that the NFL has expanded instant replay to now allow pass interference to be reviewed, either called or non-called. It will basically be rolled into the existing uh, instant replay system. Coaches will still have two challenges per half, Uh, If they throw the flag and they win both challenges, they will get a third uh, challenge. And so uh, that will not change. It'll just now be an expanded instant replay system. I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, there was a great deal of support from that among the coaches and the teams. So the NFL has gone and made the Rams-Saints play uh, that determined who won the NFC in the championship game back in January now a non-issue going forward that will never happen again where you have a blown call that big that has that impactful of an outcome importantly all replay reviews in the final two minutes of the first half and the final two minutes of the game will be initiated by the booth so uh, coaches will be on the hook for the other 28 minutes in each half to determine whether or not they want to challenge. So phone number 877-996-6369. All we need is your state. Let's go ahead and start with Ohio. What you got for me? Oh, we got, sorry, yeah. We got to cue the music. Let's hear the music. You've got mail, mother Anonymous mail, bang! If it was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right, there is the music. Uh, Dub, what uh, what situation are we set up for? Who should I go to first? We got Ohio up first, and Ohio, Ohio up second. Ohio first and second out of the uh, out of the gate here in the anonymous mailbags. Ohio, what you got for me? Hey Clay, so I'm in a dilemma. On Friday, I got a call from my command that I'm going to be scheduled to go to a deployment overseas in the desert, and. My wife recently got her birth control taken out because I toasted on New Year's that I'd give her a baby, and that's thrown the mix. So anytime uh, now, she, bring, she brings that up. How long uh, are you going to be? Water. How long are you going to be deployed? How long will you be deployed? It'll be eleven months. Eleven months, and you leave when? I'm going to leave, be leaving in June. So you told her. How old are you? I'm 27. And she around the same age? How old is she? She's also 27. All right, so you told her we can have a baby, you can pull the goalie starting in January, and uh, she's all excited that she's going to have a baby, and then you're getting shipped uh, to where? What country? Afghanistan. All right, so, and and I'm not, I I know, uh, obviously, we have a lot of people who are in the armed uh, services who listen, armed forces. How how many visits do you get? So you're going to be over there for 11 months. How many times will you get to come back and for how long? It all depends, but usually commands are pretty understanding on letting you, you know, maybe take two, three days to come back for the birth of your child. Yeah. But it all depends on, on what the situation is. So I, I can't give a de- her a definitive answer whether I'd be coming home or not. Yeah, yeah, right. And 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 so, uh, so, but do you get a long form of leave? Like, do you get like two weeks halfway through? I mean, I'm, I, I, that's what I'm kind of getting at in terms of vacation. 
Yeah, no, you know, it all depends on, on I guess, the deployment. Sometimes, you know, they, they give you two weeks worth of leave or chargeable leave you can take, and other times, you know, you have to just take it when you get back. Yeah, you okay. cash it out. Okay, um, thanks for the question. So, I mean, basically the, the dilemma he's got here is he lives in June. If you've pulled the goalie starting in January, your wife is hoping she's going to get pregnant, but she might have to do the entire pregnancy without you being present he leaves in June and then he won't come back let's say he leaves in June of 19 would not come back again until whatever the math is on that May of 20 so if she got pregnant let's say right now the first several months of the baby like he would not be present for there and the reason why I was asking about the vacation uh, was uh, I was curious on that and also the challenge is it's great if you can get leave for a couple of days or three days to fly all the way back from Afghanistan for the birth of a baby. But here's the truth. I mean, you just don't know when that labor is going to happen or when the baby is going to be born, uh, especially that first baby. Um, oftentimes are a little bit late, but you never know for sure. So uh, I, I think the challenge is if you know you have to be gone for 11 months, to me, and, and look, she may feel differently. First of all, the, the way you have this conversation is you sit down with her and say, look, I understand you want to have a baby. You're 27. I'm 27. Next year, I will be 28. I would rather be here for the entire pregnancy with you than not. Uh, the, uh, the other option is, you know, you, you go back to, uh, to birth control. If you get a couple of weeks off during that 11-month deployment, and again, you're not sure if you would get that, then if you come over, come back after a few months, you could try then. And then if she got pregnant, you'd be back in time for the birth of the baby. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's more of the woman's decision than it is yours. But being pregnant and not having your husband there for the entire time of your pregnancy as well as the birth, that seems like a, a pretty stressful situation for your wife, especially once she has the baby and you're not there to help out in any way with a young child. So I would suggest waiting. It's not like you chose to deploy. That's just what you're being assigned to. And truthfully, the difference between her having a baby at 27, 28, or 29 is really not that – it's not like she's 38. You know, In the grand scheme of things, I don't think it will change that much. May disappoint her, but I would wait. Uh, we go to – who are we going to now, Dub? We got Ohio again. Ohio again. Ohio, what you got for me? So I got a question for you. I want you to pretend like you're black. So if I'm a black Trump supporter, and with all the winning that's been going on, you have this issue where Trump's basically exonerated uh, by the Mueller report. You have um, the lawyer that has been indicted, and then you have his co-conspirator that was a lawyer for Colin Kaepernick. That's under scrutiny. Um, what's your thoughts on the right amount of gloating or the right amount of um, outward uh, support? Because the issue really isn't for uh, blacks with other Caucasians where the issue is or other Hispanics. It's actually within their own black community where they have the trouble of speaking out and being vocal of their support of conservatives. So I just was introduced. Are you a black Trump supporter? Yes. Uh, uh, all right. Thanks for the call. I don't think you would gloat any more based on your race. If your side of the political equation is having a good run, 
I think you got to treat it like a run that your football team or your basketball team or your baseball team gets on. Like I told you that my team was going to win is basically politics. You're just on a team, right? You're on the Republican team. You're on the Democrat team. You're on I hate every politician and they all stinks team. So whenever there is evidence to support your team being good, you got to gloat, right? And so Trump has been on a good run here. If you're anti-Trump guy, this is like the New England Patriot dynasty rising up and beating you again because you've been like, hey, they're fine. Like I know because I was anti-Patriot guy, right? I'm like, this is the year the Patriot dynasty is finally going to collapse. They're average. They're getting their butts kicked. They lost to the Dolphins. They couldn't even stop a Hail Mary, you know, hook and ladder play. Titans kicked their ass. Lions whipped them. Jags whipped them. And I was like, man, this is the year that the Patriots are finally going down. They're totally average. And then they get in the playoffs, and I thought, man, this is going to be so sweet. They're going to lose to the Chargers. They beat the Chargers. Then I was like, well, they beat the Chargers, but you know what's going to happen? The Chiefs are going to get them. And then the Chiefs choke it away. They can't line up on sides. They take away an interception. Chiefs lose. Get into overtime, still lose. And then I'm like, well, the Rams will take them. And then we get into the Super Bowl, and the Rams uh, can't get it done either. And so I feel like for anti-Trump guy, he feels a little bit like he's going up against the Patriots right now. The Mueller report comes out. It's supposed to be like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna nail Trump to the wall. He's done. He's gonna get impeached. And Trump just dunked all over everybody, balls to the wall style. It's like Scottie Pippen dunking on Patrick Ewing. All the hardcore liberals were out there. They were like, man, we're gonna block this shot. And Scottie Pippen slash Donald Trump just rolled up balls to the face style and just dunked on him. That was basically the Mueller report. And then uh, you got all the, like, Matt Michael Avenatti or whatever, who's like the Mr. I hate Donald Trump. He's going to be impeached. He's awful. He gets, he gets indicted on the East Coast, on the West Coast, and on the Gulf Coast. My man was lying and scheming, according to the allegations, on every beach in America. Got him on the East Coast, got him on the West Coast. They even got him on the Gulf Coast. He was even doing working fraud allegedly on a Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi um, uh, bank, and so this is a rough time for uh, for Donald Trump critics. I think Trump might. I'm. I'm. Maybe. Maybe Trump's going to go out and have sex with another porn star to celebrate. I don't know what he's going to. Maybe multiple porn stars. He might make a sex film. He might come out with his own sex tape and just drop it and be like, "Boom! I like to have sex with porn stars, and here's my porn tape." It's going to be my number one campaign slogan for 2020. Trump gets it in. It's going to replace Make America Great Again. New slogan is going to be Trump gets it. Trump gets it in. I don't know. Uh, let's uh, let's keep rolling. Uh, let's go to Colorado. Colorado just, just dropped. We just lost Colorado, and I want him to call, call back because the brief screen I had with him, he said he has an issue with an employee that always shows up drunk, which I mean is something you can probably relate to with uh, an employee of yours that will remain yeah, you, unnamed. And by employee of yours that shows up drunk, you mean yourself. Uh, and by the way, you say you were bamboozled and uh, led astray, and uh, you were basically jaw-ruled there with uh, with the call that came in from uh, from Ohio Part 2. Yeah, that second Ohio caller, he called me and he said he wanted to ask you about uh, NCAA basketball ratings and whether it's because of Zion Williamson or sports gambling. So uh, I was led pretty astray there on that one. We got a big studio question. What you guys got for me in L.A.? This is the anonymous mailbag. So this is a, and this <laughs> Don't is, say your name. This is anonymous. Yes. Uh, yes. Sherman Oaks, California. So, Clay, uh, 
I went to Europe uh, back in October. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I, I did meet someone in Europe who might work. Oh, on is the that show. right? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, so uh, my wife and I went over there for the uh, for the Chargers Titans game and, and to go to Paris and, and whatnot. So anyway, my wife was afraid to take her wedding ring uh, because she thought she maybe she'd lose it. Maybe we'd get mugged or something. She was real paranoid about getting anyway. So she hid her wedding ring. Now, fast forward five months later, she still doesn't know where it is. She can't remember where she hit oh. it. Now, I thought, you know, when we got back, we'd eventually well, let's come pause, across let's it. Let's pause here for all a right, second. All right. If you guys were super famous, because I talk about this with my wife sometimes. My wife is always afraid of losing her wedding ring, too. And so she's, you know, like always taking it off when she's like, uh, you know, going to the shower or whatever, or like washing dishes or whatever else. She doesn't want to lose it down the uh, down the drain. And I'm like, you realize if we were super famous, that's like 95% of the stories that they do in these celebrity magazines. It's like so-and-so were out and this bride, you know, this wife didn't have her wedding ring on. Dun, dun, dun. And it's always like, yeah, maybe she was just washing the dishes. Maybe she was just running out, you know, to go to get, you know, a Starbucks and it's 6 a.m. But that, have you noticed that? Or am I the only person who looks at all these celebrity magazines? Like a huge percentage of the time, evidence that the marriage is on the rocks is woman is out without her wedding ring on. All right. But so I cut you off. So if you guys were super famous, this would be on all the time, right? Like this well, would thank, be on. Yeah, so, thank, thank God so, we're not. So super five famous. months is a long time. All right. Continue. It is. It is. So uh, she thought, and this is not the first time that she has done this. Not that wasn't with her wedding ring, but she will have something that is important to her, and we'll go out of town, and, and she'll put it somewhere because she—I don't know—she's paranoid about things, people breaking in, and then she'll forget where she hides it, and eventually she usually finds it. So it's been five months. We she thought she hid it in our walk-in closet. We took everything. And my God, I couldn't believe how many how much stuff we had in our walk-in closet. We took everything out of our walk-in closet. We went through everything, every every pocket and in, in, in jackets purses everything we still couldn't find it so now she's kind of bringing up you know i want to get another ring how much did the ring cost i don't i don't want to say how much the ring cost i mean but it was it more or less than a month's salary it was more okay more yeah so i'm trying to convince her to not yet let's let's look a little more we've we've thrown out there like having a family and friends party like invite everyone over feed them, and then just like ransack through the whole house <laughs> trying to find it. Is I've, she certain that it's at the house? Yes. Um, I've even floated the idea of maybe hypnotism or something like that to contact someone yeah, and maybe I, they could help. Before I have to buy a new ring, I'll How big is your house? Then. It's a two-story house. I mean, but like 2,000 square feet? like Yeah, it's bigger than that. 4,000? Yeah. But Jesus, how much do they pay you? <laughs> This is like wow, Eddie's balling. Uh, uh, five thousand? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's, it's like between four and five thousand square no, feet. It's probably about three thousand. All right, it's about three thousand. So I would I would invite everybody. Like to me, if you know it's in the house, I would invite every single person over, and I would treat this like I we are. I mean, if you said it's over a month's salary. I would treat this like it is, you know, like you sometimes see those movies where like the FBI rolls in and they just rip through every single possible aspect of uh, of the house. I would treat that in this similar fashion and just tear the house apart because if you're going to spend thousands of dollars on a uh, on a ring, 
then I think that uh, you have to be in a position to make sure that it's lost. Also, this is where you have to step in. Your wife was nervous that you were going to get mugged in Europe. Is she aware that Los Angeles is infinitely more dangerous from a crime perspective than either London or Paris? Well, before we went to Paris, uh, she did a lot of research and she like overly probably researching and she heard all these tales about people getting mugged in Paris. So she was, I mean, she really was over. But you realize that that's what people hear. Like if you are from, let's say, Australia or Europe or some other country uh, or some other, you know, region where it's comparatively safe. Like, they think when they come to America that they're just going to be walking down the street and people are going to be carrying around submachine guns and just start firing at each other. I mean, they think it's Grand Theft Auto over here. And compared to, like, Australia, that's what it is. But if you go to Europe, because I had to make this decision. Um, you guys remember a couple of years ago, we went to uh, London and Paris. That was our family vacation. And it was right after they had had a terror attack in London. And they had that guy with like the sword. Do you remember that? Like yeah, uh, in yeah. in London, and like they had the guy driving uh, up on the uh, up on the bridge. I think it was the London Bridge or whatever it was, and like mowed down some motorists. And and I was like, man, I'm taking my whole family over there. So I looked into the numbers, and we would have gone to, for instance, Chicago, and not even blinked twice, or Detroit, or someplace like that. And the crime rate in Chicago and Detroit was off the charts compared to the crime rate in London. So sometimes just paying attention to a handful of media reports gives you an artificial sense for how much danger there is. Uh, We don't think twice about traveling anywhere really in the United States, but when we were going to London, we were nervous because of the stories and the terror attack and everything else that had happened and uh, and so we went. It was perfectly safe, and we were infinitely safer there. But I think certainly if you have a family, you'll contemplate that in a different way. Let's go to Ohio, uh, another Ohio call. Ohio is filled with problems. What you got? Hey, Clay. Hey, what's up, man? I got a quick question. Um, so I have been working at my job for about 10 months. Uh, it's my first job out of college. I kind of you know pick things up pretty well. And they just hired a new guy, more experienced than I do and made him essentially the supervisor of a handful of people. But the guy basically has, you know, no idea what he's doing. So we're all having to teach him things and kind of hold his hand through stuff. And um, no one seems to realize that, you know, just because your resume says something doesn't mean you're, uh, you know, competent. So yeah, so I guess you, I just kind of want to say your advice on yeah, so if you work for somebody who's more incompetent than you are. Well, first of all, you've only been yeah. at this job for, thanks for the call, and uh, you've only been at your job for 10 months. And the younger you are, the more significant 10 months seems. But take it from someone who's going to turn 40 next week. 10 months is nothing. When you are young, you're like, oh my God, I've been doing, like we've been dating for 10 months. You're like, yeah, okay. Like that's not that big of a deal. But when you're 24, you're like, man, I've been with this girl for 10 months. Like, that's a long relationship. Yeah, no, it isn't, all right? It seems like a lot because your life is relatively short. It's the same thing I always say when guys are like, when you're in college and if you're an athlete and you have to transfer, man, I got to sit out for a whole year. When you're 18, a year seems like forever. You're like, oh my God, can you believe that I'm going to have to sit out for a whole year? And you remember this when you were in school. Like, there's a big difference between fourth and fifth grade. There ain't that much difference between 44 and 45. So 10 months is not that long. It oftentimes happens that somebody gets a job, 
because of their resume and they are not prepared for that job and they have to be trained by the people who are there. Good example, we had a guy call in who's getting deployed. This happens in the Army all the time. The sergeant has been with the group for a decade, two decades. The sergeant knows infinitely more than the lieutenant or the captain who comes in and takes over in a particular management area. The reason why the lieutenant or the captain, who is a greenhorn and maybe young and not know very much, is in charge is because eventually his training is going to lead him to be able to be a better leader as he spends more time and acclimates himself with that situation. So a supervisor not being very good for a relatively short amount of time is understandable that he would have to get caught up to speed. The question is, is he eventually going to be caught up to speed and be able to go in a direction and a distance that others cannot get to? And if he can't, then I think that's when you raise an issue. But you got to be careful here. It's not like you've been there for 10 years. You've been there for 10 months. So you going in and saying, this guy has no idea what he's doing, the boss might well be like, dude, you've been here 10 months. you got no idea what you're doing. Trust me on the decisions that I've made and also understand that people, it's just like when you're a coach. You want to be working for the AD and the school president that hired you because they got your back. When it's a 50-50 situation, they're going to come down on your side. If your boss's boss hired your new boss, saying that his hire is incompetent is a good way to alienate yourself from your boss because he'll think what you're doing is questioning his decision-making and then you're in a tough spot because you think you know better not just than your boss but also your boss's boss. Uh, continue to take your calls. We're making the world a better place. Anonymous Mailbag Wednesday, hour two, eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. I will solve any problem that you have. Load up the phone lines. Dub in theory will answer the phone when you call, and we will solve your problem when we return. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at six a.m. Eastern, three a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Rolling back in here, Wednesday edition, Outkick Studios. Let's go to Colorado. We're doing the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. Colorado, what you got for me? Hey, uh, I got a coworker that starts uh, kind of hitting the sauce a little early during the day during work time. How do I do a come to Jesus with them to try to get them to knock it off? So uh, what kind of job do you have? Like, is this like a flask at work situation or how is the alcohol being hit? Are you like, do you work at a bar? Like the, the, the location of the job? We, uh, we have a driving job. A driving job? Deliver. You drive yeah. and deliver. Oh, God. Uh, well, I mean, that's, you can't, if, if somebody is drinking and they deliver uh, any kind of package or something like that, you got to fire them. You got to tell your boss. I mean, this is not just a, this is a bad employee. This is a, you're creating dangerous situations at work when you drink and you drive on the job. And you're also creating tremendous liability for the company too. Because if there is knowledge that this has been going on, you got to, so like, what are we talking about? Like taking, like drinking, like out of a flask, like how's the drinking taking place? Uh, Just buying uh, shooters or whatever. Like while they're out delivering food or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a no-brainer. Thanks for the call. If that's happening, you got they got to get fired. Really, there's a single person listening to it. Like, in general, you don't want to narc on coworkers. General rule, don't narc on coworkers. If you have a driving job and your coworker is stopping to get drinks while on the driving job, you narc on your coworkers. That person's got significant issues with alcohol in general. If you're unable to go to work and avoid or refrain from drinking while you're on the job, you're an alcoholic. Now, I, the reason why I asked was, I was like, okay, 
are you working at a bar? You know, if you're working at a bar and a bartender occasionally is doing a shot with a patron or, you know, that that's going on, I can see how that could be an issue down the line. But that's kind of part of the job in some way is to make people comfortable at the bar. So if you occasionally take a drink or do a shot with people at the bar, okay, that that's, you know, not necessarily great for the overall job performance because you can't drink too much and continue to make change and make sure that you're getting people, uh, you know, their, their change and running credit cards and everything else. But that's a, uh, that's a tough spot. Let's go to uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, what you got for me? Hey, Clay. Uh, I missed you, buddy. Missed you a lot there. Uh, how'd you enjoy Vegas? <laughs> we, had a, we had an awesome time. Thanks to everybody who came out for the Lock It In shows on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the MGM Grand. I met a lot of listeners from all over the country who came by for the, those shows to say hi. And uh, it was just a, it was a good time in general. It's hard, let's be honest. It's hard to have a bad time in Vegas when the NCAA tournament's going on. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, I mean, this is Anonymous Mailbag Wednesday, so here we go. Um, my uncle-in-law just literally pulled uh, an attempted murder against his stepfather, and he's been going back to the actual place where the stepfather lives at. Um, I've seen him there a few times. And All right, hold, the hold DA on. Has charged hold- him. Hold on. Attempted murder is a big thing. Like, he literally tried to kill another man? Yeah, he, with an aluminum bat, this was probably about three days ago, uh, he he got fed up with, I guess, how the stepdad was talking to his mom. And, yeah, he beat the, the crap out of him. Excuse my language. He beat the crap out of him with a baseball bat. With an aluminum bat at that, split it into two. And he's been calling and coming over saying that he doesn't remember what happened. And so, wait, um, was he charged with a crime? He's, the detectives and uh, special, there's a special task force that's looking for him right now. Um, he's been kind of MIA for the past couple of days. But in between that, he's been showing back up to, to my wife's grandmother's house. Threatening and to beat up the guy even worse than he already beat him up? Well, he doesn't have no remorse. That's the thing. He he has no remorse. His exact words were, well, he's an ex-boxer. I thought he could take it. Yeah, I would turn the guy in. Now, I wouldn't let people know that I was turning him in, uh, but the next time that you know he's in a physical location, I would tip off the police yeah. and let let them show up and arrest him. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like I said, it's, it's, my wife is the one that feels guilty about the whole thing because she she got she was a little upset because the stepdad wasn't treating uh, her was her step grandfather. She she felt that he wasn't treating her grandmother um, in a in a good situation. Yeah, was ignoring the fact that she's a quadriplegic. Yeah, thanks so for the, it sounds like there's thanks for the, on it. thanks for the call. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Here's the general answer. If you beat someone with a metal bat and your life itself is not in danger, like, all right, if you got a metal bat and a guy shows up with a gun and you beat him up with a metal bat, you got a self-defense claim. If, in general, there's a general rule, if you beat someone up with a metal bat 
you should go to jail. Especially if you beat someone up with a metal bat and your own life is not in danger. So if you have a relative who beat someone up with a metal bat, you should probably, and they're threatening to beat that person up again, you should probably report that guy to the police and let him be arrested. General rule. Now, there are exceptions. If someone shows up with a gun in your house and all you got underneath your bed is a metal bat and you beat them up, more power to you. You are the hero in that case. But most of the time, if you break a metal bat on someone and your defense is, he was a boxer, I thought he could take it, not a very good defense. Take it from the lawyer here. Not going to play very well in front of a jury. Why did you beat him up with the metal bat? Well, he was a boxer. I thought he could take it. Yeah, that's guilty. Uh, let's go to West Virginia. What's up, West Virginia? Good morning, Clay. Hey, uh, this, is, this is Greg out of Charleston. We've talked a couple times in the last six months uh, when you did the anonymous mailbag. Um, I'm the one that's got the 23-year-old who got out of jail, failed drug test, got back in jail. Um, he's actually got out of rehab last Tuesday. Um, he does have a job. Uh, you know, someone took faith in him and gave him a job. Uh, it started this past Saturday. But we talked back in October about how far I should go this time to keep supporting and helping. Is he because living at home? Where's he, it, yeah, where's he living? I'm sorry. Yeah, where's he living? He is. He's living with his girlfriend. Okay. Uh, so what's um, so what's the latest? So he's got a job. He's out of rehab. He's living with his girlfriend. Uh, and so you, you, if I remember correctly, on your call, he was living at home and starting to bring around elements that you didn't like uh, around your younger kids. Correct. Uh, and so, right. uh, what's the question now? The question now is: Back in October, you know, you and I talked about how much we should support, you know, support the kids and stuff like that, or just help out. Um, you know, and, and we let him borrow our car, use our car cause we had a third car. Um, and he abused that where I went and took it because that's where the, a lot of the drug stuff started, started coming back in. You know, now he's out, he lives two miles from work. He's only about a mile and a half from me, you know, and it's good about the car stuff. My opinion is he can walk until he can prove his trust back to me and gain the trust back so he can even get it. Or because he's a salesman in a car lot, save your money up, buy your own, buy your own car. Um, yeah, that's interesting too. Where you live, do they have Uber? You know, it's uh, yeah, I don't know because I've never used it. But like, literally, yeah. it's like a mile, maybe a mile, mile and a half to the car lot from where he lives. Okay, yeah, no, I, I appreciate the call. Look, I mean, I understand uh, all this situation. My concern would be that maybe he needs to go uh, at some point in time. Having him walk to the car lot is fine, uh, and and I understand first of all the difficulty of dealing with somebody who's got a drug addiction, and you might be concerned about having him have your car and being able to take it different places. Uh, the reason why I mentioned the Uber uh, aspect is, as a parent, if there were Uber in your neighborhood, you could sync your account to uh, to Uber and give him the opportunity if he doesn't have a car, but he needs to have access to it, and maybe he doesn't have the money or the credit card to be able to have his own Uber account, uh, then you can tell where he's going. Uh, so I think that could be potentially a solution. 
take a couple more of your calls for the anonymous mailbag. Also, I've gotten a bunch of questions about Robert Kraft pleading not guilty. I'll explain what his defenses could be in that case when we return. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Man, M-Drive, supplement I use every day, and you should consider it too if you want to feel stronger, have more energy and drive. Now's the time to start taking M-Drive. To hear to learn more, visit mdrive4men.com today and refine your prime with M-Drive. That's Nate Dogg and Warren G bringing us back. One of the great songs from the 90s. Um, and uh, I was reading, uh, was it Lapita Nyong'o? Is that how you pronounce her, pronounce her name? Uh, that when she was growing up in Africa, she heard this song and became obsessed with it. It's one of the ways that she learned English. And so she would just listen. She didn't even know English, but she heard that song and liked it so much that that was the way she would respond to it. Um, uh, A lot of anonymous mailbag calls. Appreciate all you guys. We do it every single Wednesday in hour two. I got a lot of questions, and I'm going to dive into this here momentarily on the Robert Kraft story to start off hour three because he has officially pled not guilty and requested a jury trial. And a lot of people out there saying, okay, Clay, put on your lawyer hat here and explain to me what's going on in this case. And I will. And if you've listened to me regularly, you know that I have been saying since this arrest happened that I believe that he has got a defense and I think he's going to beat the charges. I don't think they're going to be able to convict him here. And, uh, and I'll dive into that story and help to break it down for you so you are more intelligent than almost anybody else about the way that case is, uh, is, is moving on. And I'll also mention this ridiculous Jesse Smollett case in Chicago, which is another evidence of how if you've got good legal representation, even though you might technically be guilty, uh, you can sometimes get insanely beneficial treatment. How do stories like that happen? I'll dive in and kind of give you a picture for that at the start of Hour 3. We're also going to be joined by my buddy, Chad Withrow, uh, who usually joins us on Friday. He's headed up to Louisville, Kentucky for the two games that will be taking place there between Virginia and Oregon and Tennessee and Purdue. We'll see what he thinks of both of those Sweet 16 games, which are taking place tomorrow in Louisville, and also the Sweet 16 overall. Again, he'll join us in Hour 3, so that is what is coming uh, but I wanted to bring back in Eddie. Eddie, a bunch of people, and I don't know what your homeowner's insurance says, but some people are arguing that you might have a homeowner's claim based on losing that ring. Yeah, my wife has actually mentioned that to me, and I think I don't think she's followed up on that, but that is something she has brought up. I'm not sure about that, but she, she did mention that to me. Yeah. Everybody's homeowner claim is different when it comes to what would actually be covered. But if she has lost it in some way, maybe that might possibly be covered and save you the thousands of dollars that would go into having to replace that wedding ring. People are just now tuning in. Eddie Garcia, major controversy in the household. His wife has lost their wedding ring while trying to ensure that she would never lose her wedding (laughs) ring. I think the hypnosis move is, is not a bad one either. Because yeah, I, I don't really believe in it, to be honest with you, but I'm willing to try it rather than buy her a new wedding ring. A bunch of people tried to do that with Bitcoin because they, you know, the way Bitcoin is stored, to my understanding, you have to have your password. And it's almost like that is one of the most frustrating things out there. And I'm sure many of you deal with this every day like I do. When you're trying to log in and everybody has a different password requirement, you got to have a capital letter. You got to have a, uh, you know, like a, exclamation mark or a question mark or whatever it is and 
even knowing what your passwords are because you have to change them. Like on my iPhone right now, I haven't known my password forever and I'm afraid to guess because if I, I don't want to get locked out of my phone, right? Like if you're sitting there like trying to do a bunch of different subtle variations of one of the similar passwords that you used before. So uh, that's the only advice that I would have out there um, to, uh, to dive in and, uh, and contemplate that as potentially a defense. Speaking of defenses, I will explain what's going on with the Robert Kraft case, what is likely to happen, and what his legal defenses are. He has pled not guilty and requested a jury trial in the massage parlor case down in Florida. What is likely to happen there, and what is he arguing? Is he going to be able to beat these charges? Plus, major rule change in the NFL. If you're just waking up and starting off your morning with us, It's going to change the way you watch football in the NFL from here going forward. What is it? That's called a tease, boys and girls. I will tell you on the flip side, this is Outkick the Coverage. I appreciate you spending your Wednesday morning with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios here with Outkick Wednesday edition. Appreciate all of you spending your mornings with us. Major news from the NFL After a disaster in the end of the Rams-Saints game that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl and the Saints home, they have now decided that instant replay is going to include pass interference. Um, It will be rolled into the existing instant replay uh, schematic. Each coach has two challenges in the half. If you get both the challenges validated, you are given a third challenge to be able to uh, to utilize at your convenience. Final two minutes of each half uh, will be still subject to booth review. So uh, that is how this process will work, and uh, it should, uh, according to Sean Payton, make things better. If we have gone through a process like this and, and really with, a, with an open heart tried to look at doing what was right, and after much discussion came to a conclusion where ownership, league office, coaches, GMs, felt real good about certainly fans one knowing that man those guys are working you know hard at the right decision I think you got to give the NFL credit for getting this right for making its game more reliable and Roger Goodell basically said the same thing you will see replay continue to evolve but I would tell you that I think one of the foundations of it was the challenge system Uh, the clubs really felt that that was important to continue so I could see it expanding to other plays in the future within the challenge system the replay has been an important tool for us. And, you know, it wasn't able to correct something that we wanted to have corrected in the past. That, to me, it was the driving force, ultimately, at the end of the day. That's Roger Goodell. I think you got to give credit to the NFL. It is certainly reviewable to see whether or not the correct call was made. They already do this. They already send a tape to the teams and say, hey, we made the right call here, the wrong call there. Um, I think the reality is for people out there that are concerned this is somehow going to extend the length of games, I think it's smart to roll it into the existing instant replay process. I also think as already exists, you have to think twice before you throw the challenge flag because you'll lose a timeout. Um, and uh, and also you have to make sure of whether or not you have a good chance of winning that challenge. Uh, but and, and you want to make sure that you preserve your challenges up until the final two minutes of the half or the, uh, or the game because for a while there we saw coaches not able to challenge egregious wrongs. I think this is a smart play. 
I think it's a good decision by the NFL. I think it makes the game and the result on the field more reliable. I think it continues to eliminate human error. This is the right call. And I wish it had existed beforehand so that uh, the Saints had been able to go to the Super Bowl as opposed to uh, the Rams based on that hugely blown call late in their game. But you know what? I mean, this is uh, something that to me is a resolution that is uh, that is going to aid the game. I give the NFL credit for being prompt and responsive in adjusting the, the rules. And I don't think this is going to fundamentally alter anything. I think this is a huge positive for the league. I think if you look uh, historically at impactful plays, I, I saw a stat, 70% of the penalties that are thrown that impact the win percentage the most drastically from a penalty perspective are pass interference flags. So if you've had 70% of the rules that are being made, in other words, it's not usually an offsides or a false start that impacts whether or not a team wins a game uh, because there is no limit in theory on how far down the field a pass interference can a flag can be thrown. I think this makes a, a lot of sense. Now, the one area where I think the NFL will have to be close on is because all booth review incur- occurs inside the final two minutes, I do think there is potentially a little bit of a mess opened up here for Hail Mary plays because you hear so frequently, man, that would be a flag according to actual rules when you got just a bunch of guys all in the end zone all going up trying to catch the ball and usually officials pretty much swallow their whistles then right if you've ever watched a a Hail Mary scrum where you got six seven eight guys all in the end zone with the ball in the air usually officials are not calling either offensive or defensive pass interference I will put like a little asterisk here and say it'll be interesting to see how that gets reviewed by the booth because that would always be in the final two minutes of a game and it's not like the Hail Mary situations happen that frequently uh, but when they do, uh, I, I do think that could be a little bit of a mess because technically under the rules, I think there is very frequently pass interference on those penalties, uh, on those plays, just because there's so many guys all bunched closely together, it's almost impossible for there not to be. And the ball is hanging in the air and it's thrown so high that it takes a long time for the ball to actually get to where it's trying intended to be uh, to be going. So I would say that's a little bit of an asterisk where you have to look at it and say, man, this could be a little bit messy when it comes to booth review of a Hail Mary play at the end of the game to see whether or not there was pass interference. You don't want suddenly pass interference to start getting called on every Hail Mary. Now, typically that there are not Hail Marys thrown at the end of the first half. And in general, I think coaches don't like Hail Mary plays uh, it's like they consider them to be insult to just go with a totally luck play. And uh, I actually think the Hail Mary is run far too infrequently when you consider the risk-reward there. It's highly unlikely a team's going to intercept the ball and return it 100-plus yards for a touchdown uh, versus the odds of a touchdown occurring. Just ask anybody who's played against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers uh, in those kind of situations. So that is a major change that has now occurred to the overall uh, NFL rules. Now, I told you that I was going to tell you why I believe Robert Kraft is going to end up beating the charges that he has been involved in uh, paying for sex, soliciting sex. And uh, I have been on this story for a couple of months now or however long this story has been out, at least a month, 
because from the moment this came out, it didn't smell right to me. And this is me now putting on my lawyer hat. Almost immediately when this story came out, you didn't hear, oh, this is Robert Kraft paying for a happy ending to a massage. This is Robert Kraft engaging in sex trafficking. And these women were sex slaves and all these different allegations. Frankly, that's been a lie. Prosecutors overreached in trying to make that case because the women involved in the Robert Kraft case uh, are, first of all, not that young. Secondly, they have driver's license. They came and went with uh, without being restricted at all. Uh, these women, I believe, were like 49 and 58 or something like that, close to those ages. And they had driver's license, and they were able to come and go from this spa as frequently as they wanted to. So from the minute these charges came out, I was skeptical because they said, oh, this is about sex trafficking. And I said, well, that sounds odd because from the moment I heard that story, if you knew sex trafficking were going on and there were women who were effectively prisoners in a massage parlor and they were not allowed to leave, why wouldn't you free those women immediately? And that's a question that there isn't a very good answer for. So again, I tend to be skeptical of people in positions of power. That's my general consensus. And I'm very skeptical when everybody comes out and is on the same side of an equation. And that's maybe the natural uh, sort of devil's advocate in me, but it's also the natural lawyer in me. Because I tend to think there are two stories for every case. There's the one, you know, one side story, the other side story, and there's the truth. That's what you're taught in law school. And very often in social media and modern media in general, we hear one side story and we never hear what the other side story is or it takes months for the full story to come out and everybody has already decided what, the, what, what actually happened based on hearing 50% of a story. So Robert Kraft has not aggressively told his story yet. But in this case, I thought the sex trafficking angle was way trumped up and didn't make a lot of sense to me based on the evidence at play. But the evidence at play here, I think, is also very suspect. Let me start with, so people say, how in the world is Robert Kraft going to escape criminal liability, culpability in this case? Why would he be fighting it as aggressively as he is? Well, I told you a couple of things. One, as I read about this case, they didn't know who Robert Kraft was until they stopped his Bentley and requested Robert Kraft's ID. Robert Kraft was not driving his Bentley. He had a driver, and the Bentley had committed no traffic offenses. So I question, one, whether the police ever had the ability to stop this vehicle and determine that Robert Kraft was the individual inside in the passenger seat. As a general rule, if you stop a vehicle, you can request the information for anyone in the vehicle. But there has to be reasonable suspicion or probable cause in order to stop a vehicle. Here, the vehicle itself, the driver, was not committing any offense. So I think there is a strong claim that there was no basis to stop the Bentley and request the ID of the passenger here, Robert Kraft, to figure out who he was for purposes of this investigation. If they don't know who he is, then that traffic stop where they obtained his identification could be considered 
fruit of the poisonous tree. And as I have explained before, if, and that's a phrase that's used in the legal proceeding, if you get a piece of fruit off of a tree, but you didn't have the right to be at, at that tree, it's considered fruit of a poisonous tree. That means it's not admissible in court. So I question whether the stop is legitimate in the first place, okay, to ID Robert Kraft. The second question I have, why did they need cameras inside of this spa if they were investigating sex trafficking? If you are investigating sex trafficking, you free the women who are sex slaves and charge the people who are trafficking in the women. You don't charge the Johns who potentially are paying those women for sex. So I question whether the warrant in this case, which allowed surveillance video to be uh, to be obtained, was actually a valid warrant. If the warrant is not valid, then all of the evidence obtained under the warrant would not exist. So in this case in particular, I think Robert Kraft has a good chance to get the traffic stop thrown out, which allowed him to be ID'd, and I think he has a good chance to get this video thrown out, which allowed him to be shown soliciting sex. Third, I think there's a strong argument, depending on whether or not there is audio here, that Robert Kraft can say, I didn't pay for sex, I paid for a massage, and then I got the sex as part of my massage, which I didn't pay for, and I then tipped after the sex act. In other words, if I go in, and I'm just making a defense here, if I go in or my client goes in to a spa, pays for a massage, gives over cash of $80 for a massage, and then as part of that massage, he also receives sexual favors and then provides a tip at the end of that massage, can you really argue that he was paying for the sex act? Or can you not argue he was paying for the massage and he didn't decline the sex act and then he just tipped after the massage as he would ordinarily have done? In other words, there's a difference between going in saying, I'm paying for this particular sex act. Let me know how much it costs. Here is the money in exchange for that sex act. And paying for a massage where a woman then adds to the massage without your request and then you tip her at the end. That to me is a pretty valid defense as well. And that doesn't even consider, let's say that Robert Kraft had a pre-existing relationship with this woman. He's been a widow for a while. What if he had gone out on a date with her? What if they had social interaction outside of the massage parlor I think there is a very valid defense here, and I think there's a good chance that Robert Kraft is is going to be able to beat these charges. Now, um, that doesn't mean that he behaved in an entirely ethical manner, but I think in any legal situation, you look at the evidence, traffic stop I think might have to be tossed, which allowed Robert Kraft to be ID'd. Uh, the vi- surveillance video I think might not have been obtained properly under a warrant based on the fact that they're allegedly investigating a sex trafficking ring. All of those are arguable issues, and I think that's why already prosecutors in this case said, hey, we'll drop all charges 
if you will admit some form of guilt. I think Robert Kraft is going to beat these charges. And I think it's going to put the NFL in an interesting position where uh, the NFL has said we're going to wait and see how the disposition of this case occurs. I think he probably still ends up being suspended because I think Roger Goodell can certainly say, well, you might not be guilty of a crime, but you put yourself in a position where you embarrass the league and we're going to fine you and suspend you for a few games. But I think all this rush to say Robert Kraft was guilty was way too fast. I also think what was really going on here is this Florida prostitution investigation was trying to find a famous person so that these police and these DAs and everybody else could get a lot of attention for the crime that they've been working on. And I come back, and so I think they were waiting until they got a famous guy so the media would cover this. That's what I think really has happened. Also, um, I think in general, it's a really weird case. Like the idea that you're going to have police officers on our tax dollars with hidden video cameras in a massage parlor watching guys come in and get massages all day long secretly on video, it's really creepy to me. If you ask me what's creepier behavior, the fact that our tax dollars are going to pay police officers to sit and watch guys get naked and get massages or guys getting naked and paying for happy endings to their massages, I think it's much creepier that our tax dollars are going to secret surveillance videos to catch guys getting massages. My personal opinion. All right, so how does this all tie in going forward? Well, the lesson as always is if you have money, you can afford much better legal representation. And we just saw this in Chicago with a situation that is utterly absurd where Jesse Smollett made up a fake hate crime, paid guys to attack him, and now the Cook County District Attorney has said, well, we don't think Jesse Smollett is actually a danger, so we are dropping the 16 felony charges against him and allowing him to pay $10,000 and get out of jail scot-free. It's crazy. And I understand when I see a story like the Jesse Smollett one, and to a lesser extent when I see a Robert Kraft story, why a lot of people out there don't have faith in the criminal justice system. Because they believe, and I think there's some truth to it, that it's not about guilty or innocent, it's about how much money you have. Michael Jackson beat the charges against him. OJ beat the charges against him. I think most people out there in the general public don't even understand the difference between a great lawyer and an average lawyer. If you've got the LeBron LeBron James of the criminal justice system representing you, the odds that you're going to be convicted are insanely low. And how do we end up making decisions like that? It's not about black, white, yellow, green, uh, yellow. It's not about your race. It's not about your gender. It's not about your ethnicity. It's not about your sexual orientation. It's about the green. If you got money, you can get justice in this country in a way that others cannot. It's unfortunate, but it's the truth. The more money you have, the more vigorous defense you can present, the more and better the chances are that you are going to avoid criminal conviction. It's always been the truth in the history of American jurisprudence. I imagine that it always will be the case. The more money you got, the less problems you got, at least when it comes to the criminal court system. 
All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to my guy, Chad Withrow. He's on his way to Louisville. We got Virginia going up against Oregon, Tennessee going up against Purdue. Uh, Sweet 16 tips off tomorrow. What do we think about that and more? I'll bring in Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone. Usually joins us on Friday, going to join us on Wednesday instead. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. It's not Michael Jackson, but it's a version of Michael Jackson. Seems like a questionable move. Who made the call there? That was me. 
That was Roberto's call, but I back it. If we're not allowed to play Mike anymore, some of the songs still need to stay alive. They're still classic songs. It's a tough call. This is Alien Ant Farm, so it's the alternative rock version. It's alternative, uh, but the Michael Jackson documentary. I think it's too soon. Debap, Clay. No, I think it's too soon. I think we got. I think we got to stick off. Hang a little bit of time off before (laughs) we go back to Michael Jackson. It's not Michael Jackson though. It's Alien Ant Farm. Yeah, it's his song. He's hmm. getting paid for that when we play it. It's actually Alien Ant Farm song. Yeah, it is. They're the one singing. No, no. If you cover somebody up, else's Roberto. song, they make all the money. Questionable move by Roberto. Usually Roberto's good on the music. Usually he's good. I think it's questionable to go with a Michael Jackson song just after that documentary coming out. Just a questionable move. <laughs> uh, Geico Outkick Studios here. 50. Well, ask Chad Withrow what he thinks about this. Eddie, what do you think? Questionable move? Uh, yeah, I'd say a little bit questionable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Let's bring in my guy Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone. Withrow, what do you think about the Michael Jackson cover there? Questionable well, move Dan- on the staff? Danny's my guy. Danny's my guy. I don't know Roberto's playing the music, but it is a highly questionable move to play any cover of Michael Jackson, any Michael Jackson song. Clay, I can actually one-up that, though. I was recently calling a high school basketball state championship game on TV, and in the arena for the high school basketball state championship game, they were playing R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. <laughs> My mind was blown. I actually had to reference it during the broadcast. Classic. I could not believe my ears that during a high school sporting event, of all things, with everything going on, they were playing an R. Kelly song. Yeah, my bet would be that they just have like a jock jams thing that they licensed and nobody actually looks at the roster of what the, the songs are, right? You know, because the, there's so many copyright violations and everything else associated with uh, with these events that I guarantee you they just licensed like, you know, jock jams volume 114 to play during the breaks and nobody has actually looked at it. But I watched that Michael Jackson documentary like the first hour and 20 minutes, and I had to turn it off when he started talking about how he got married to a seven-year-old and bought him like a wedding ring and everything else. And so when I hear any Michael Jackson song right now, not to say the songs are not awesome, I just immediately think about him marrying a seven-year-old. Yeah, I watched all four hours of that documentary, and uh, I've I've always been the type of guy who, if someone gets in trouble for something, I can usually separate – the act from the art. Yeah. So if there's an actor that's in trouble, it's not going to make me stop watching his movies or his television show if I like it. Same goes for musicians. Um, that documentary changed things for me. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, fan of his music. And having watched that, that that's the first time that I, I can't listen to anything Michael Jackson the same way ever again after watching all four hours of that documentary. Yeah, it's tough because, like I, like I said, as soon as we came back, even though it was a cover by a different band, my first thought is immediately about that documentary. And so uh, I'm not a guy like you know who usually says, hey, probably we shouldn't touch that, but I, probably we shouldn't touch that because I think there's probably a lot of people out there right now, and maybe that's going to change over the next decade. I think if Michael Jackson was still alive, he would spend the rest of his life in prison. Um, and so maybe it's a good thing that he died. And, and maybe, honestly, you can argue that Bill Cosby should have died 10 years ago because his legacy would be entirely different uh, than it was with Michael Jackson. But at least with Bill Cosby, even, even if you want to defend Bill Cosby, you can say, well, it's a he said, she said. Now, there are a lot of she said saying Bill Cosby misbehaved and was guilty of crimes. 
but at least they were crimes perpetrated against adults. The Michael Jackson thing, to me, the allegations are so much worse than the allegations against Bill Cosby from a legal perspective. But I think, uh, you know, and, and R. Kelly obviously has got his own issues associated with that. So anyway... Those guys are uh, are all on the uh, on, on the on the uh, the bad side of history right now for the in the short term. With Bill Cosby, it's just one very well done HBO documentary away from everyone seeing something like that and all the allegations on screen to yeah, where no know, one wants to be associated with the, Bill Cosby anymore. The Bill Cosby thing is a little bit different to me because the Cosby Show was obviously he was a huge part of the Cosby Show, but that show in general. It doesn't mean that the show was not worthy of being watched, right? Like he is an actor playing a role. The Cosby Show is still really a really good show, and I'm a little bit different on that version than I am Michael Jackson, right? I, I don't. I, I maybe that's maybe that's unfair of me, but if I had to choose between which one of those guys is is guilty of the most uh, indefensible acts. I think that Michael Jackson would be by far and away much worse off than Bill Cosby, even though Bill Cosby appears to be a bad guy in many ways. Uh, I think Michael Jackson is a worse guy. Hey, Chad, really quick, though, we should point out that just a few weeks ago, Clay had us play the Ignition remix from R. Kelly. Yeah, I did oh, have us. Oh, yep. no. I did no. have us play. Well, first of all. So Clay never usually stares away from controversy. It is true. <laughs> but I didn't watch the R. Kelly documentary. Well, that makes it right. Well, no. But, I mean, like, the Michael Jackson documentary is much worse. Like, R. Kelly's defense, so far as I understand it, and I'm not trying to make a legal defense for him, was that he didn't know the girls were underage, right? That these, my understanding is his defense is I didn't know that these women uh, that I'm alleged to have slept with were underage, and it's not like they were eight, right? Like they were at least of a adult age, close to it, right? They were proximate to adult age, and by proximate to adult age, I mean everybody has a different age of consent. So some states are 16, some states are 18, whatever it is. The Michael Jackson case, there's a seven-year-old boy and a 10-year-old boy, right? Like, that, that is like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think there's any allegations that R. Kelly was sleeping with a seven-year-old. So th- that, like, at least his defense is, hey, I was wrong on the age. I don't think there's any Michael Jackson defense that's out there. His defense has to be, this never happened, and I just believe these, these, uh, these kids, having watched an hour and a half of that documentary, like it was pretty devastating. And then, did you watch the Oprah thing afterwards with Ro? I have not seen the Oprah part of it, but Clay, with that defense you just laid out for R. Kelly, I would love for you to be my defense attorney if I'm accused of anything ever. Well, I mean, um, look, I mean, that was that was quite the stretch. I, I will defend. Like that's my job, right? When you're a defense, I defended murderers. All right, I defended people accused of sexual assault. I defended people drug dealers. Like that's the job when you are a defense attorney. You would you have, have defended to come Michael in. Jackson? Uh, would I defend him? Uh, would you have defended him? Uh, I mean, I think those those situations, honestly, my answer would be different before and after I had children. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. um, I, I think, first of all, lawyers have to make decisions about whether or not they think they can provide an adequate defense for someone, even if they are accused of heinous crimes. For me, it is harder to defend Michael Jackson now that I am a parent than it would have been before I was a parent. I have an 8-year-old and an 11-year-old. 
So for me, like my kids are almost the identical ages of those boys that were alleged to have been victims of Michael Jackson. So I think when you become a parent, you think oftentimes in a different way than you did before you were a parent. Like, so I think it would be much harder for me to defend Michael Jackson now with kids this age than it would have been when I was 27 years old and I didn't have any kids yet and I was still a lawyer. So look, lawyers make decisions about what cases to get involved in. And sometimes they make decisions based on money because lawyers are paid based on whether their clients can pay or not. And sometimes they make decisions based on uh, whether or not they believe that, 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 that justice demands that they take a case. And I think certainly the Michael Jackson case is one where you make that decision based on money. And so if I had enough money, that's probably a case that I would choose not to take. But I don't think that you should judge lawyers based on the clients that they undertake uh, because there are plenty of people that I have represented that were accused of heinous acts that I don't think reflect on me as being a bad person. Constitutionally, we require, we require defense attorneys to defend. Now, also, it can get into you meet with the client. You meet with the client and you find out, hey, do I believe this client is being railroaded? What evidence is out there? And so I wouldn't have been an expert in in all of those uh, in all those aspects. By the way, let's go ahead and take a break. Withrow, can you stick with us? Because you're on your way to the Sweet 16, and somehow we ended up in a, uh, a meditation on America, the American justice system here. Uh, can you come back with us and talk Sweet 16? Yes, sure all can. Right. So we'll join Chad Withrow. We'll finish off the show with him. He's on his way to Louisville for the Oregon-Virginia game as well as the Tennessee and Purdue game. Uh, those are uh, two of the uh, of the games that are taking place, obviously, as we roll through the Sweet 16 with eight different games going on. We'll break those down for you to finish off the Wednesday edition. I'll kick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Clay, with that defense you just laid out for R. Kelly, I would love for you to be my defense attorney if I'm accused of anything, ever. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can hear the affiliates calling now. Just dropping us. We're in all 50 states. Tomorrow we're going to be in four. <laughs> Clay, I believe after your defense last segment, no one thinks R. Kelly did anything anymore. Yeah. I, will de- I, I honestly believe this. With the reach that we have, I could probably have the most successful criminal defense law firm since Johnny Cochran. Right? Like, everybody who just heard me defend R. Kelly is like, the next time I get charged with a crime, which is like 40% of our audience are all criminals, they're going to try to call me to come in and argue in front of the jury. I would, if I had been, if I had stayed practicing law full time, I would have been, you know, I'm very humble. I would have been one of the greatest trial lawyers in this country. I have zero doubt. Because basically, what I do every day is talk to a jury. Right, I talk to whatever it is. I think it's into the millions of you every single week. And you have to decide whether or not you like the case that I am making. And I do it without any notes. And I do it you know, just sitting here in my home studio every day. So I have no doubt. You put me in front of a jury, I would have dominated. Clay, can we, let's feed eight seconds of this to the podcast, Roberto, because this is the only time you can hear this nationwide unless you're in a basketball gymnasium with chad withrow chad withrow is with us now at withrow zone how many states we're on in all 50 states right now withrow how many states did we just lose with playing i believe i can fly 
I think you're a little harsh with the four estimate, maybe ten. Ten states. Uh, after, after R. Kelly. You know what's amazing is, Clay, as you're talking about your ability as a defense attorney, and I'm listening to R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly, which, by the way, is just a really damn good song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, as I hear it right there, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it brings the emotion hearing it again. But, Clay, I could see you walking into a courtroom defending R. Kelly, and for your closing statement, you just put down an old-school boombox and hit play. <laughs> I believe I could fly. Could. You play it from start to finish in with, now, could a man who performed this song yeah. have committed these acts? No. And then you sit down. Defense rest. Oh, I mean, I think I could just come out, roll in the, the television camera, play uh, Trapped in a Closet volumes 1 to 40, and everybody would be, like, not guilty. Like could Clay a man... staring into the eyes of the entire jury while I believe I can fly playing. Yeah, is one of the funniest visuals I've had in a while. Um, so uh, so you are on your way, and and you just tweeted this, but certainly uh, given the topic, it's a little bit of an interesting transition to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, we're going from R. Kelly to the Sweet Sixteen, which some would say is not a tra- not at much of a of, of a transition at all. Um, we're down to four states now, Clay. Yeah, yeah, we're losing four. like one at a time. Um, what do you expect in Louisville? Because that's where you're going to be. So Purdue is not very far away. Tennessee is not very far away. Massive game. I don't think that Oregon's going to travel that well. But the Yum Center, which is, again, an interesting phrase given all that's going on, um, the Yum Center is where this is going to take place in Louisville. What do you expect in the two games you're going to watch? Yeah, I think the crowds. Uh, you know, I'm expecting kind of a 50-50 split with Purdue and Tennessee fans. Yep. Like you said, Oregon won't bring many. Virginia will probably be right behind Tennessee and Purdue in terms of number of fans. Um, I know just looking on social media, a lot of Tennessee fans plan on making that day trek tomorrow, staying the night in Louisville. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of fans up here today because the driving distance of both uh, from Purdue and from Knoxville and, and really the state of Tennessee, a lot of people headed up from the mid-state as well. I expect two really good games. Um, I think Oregon is a scary matchup for Virginia. Really, every game is a scary matchup for Virginia because they just don't score a lot. Yeah. You know, and they, they play great defense, but you're, you're one bad shooting performance away and where your defense isn't quite as great as it's been all year from, from, from going home. Tennessee and Purdue, I think, is an outstanding matchup. Vegas shows that. Tennessee's a one-point favorite. It's crazy because Tennessee beat Purdue a year ago in the Bahamas. Now, the Bahamas very different from a tournament game in March in the Sweet 16, but Purdue lost four starters off that team. Carson Edwards, who led the team in scoring a year ago against Tennessee, he's the lone returning starter. He's averaging 23 points per game. So he's clearly the key for Purdue. Uh, The scary part for Tennessee is they surround him with a couple of guys who can really hit the three. And that's been a problem for Tennessee, defending penetration and then kickouts for threes. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. And and Carson Edwards has great range as well. So that's going to be the key for Tennessee. But Tennessee's the better basketball team. You know, they've yet to put together anything close to 40 minutes in this tournament. But when they're clicking on all cylinders, I think they're just better than Purdue. So if Tennessee comes out and plays really well, I think Tennessee's advancing to the Elite Eight to probably take on Virginia. What do you think about Kentucky? Can you bet on them or expect them to win without P.J. Washington now that they're really kind of stepping up in class in theory with Houston, and then they would play against either Auburn or UNC? I think it would be pretty remarkable right now for Kentucky um, to make it to the Final Four. You know, Going into this tournament thinking P.J. Washington was healthy, I actually had Kentucky going all the way to the national championship game. 
I think it's hard to pick them to go to the Final Four. Are they good enough still to beat Houston? Maybe. But I don't think they're getting out of that regional. I mean, this thing about this, Clay, they play Wofford as a seven seed. Wofford known for shooting threes. Fletcher McGee, who is the NCAA career leader in three-pointers made, goes 0 for 12, breaking an NCAA tournament record for most three-point attempts without a single make. And Wofford is still in the game until the final minute with them shooting that poorly. That is not a great sign for Kentucky moving forward. Kentucky wins that game easily if T.J. Washington is in the lineup, especially with Fletcher McGee going 0 for 12. So I think that probably means trouble for Kentucky moving forward. What's your final four on here on the eve of the Sweet 16? If you had to pick, we just broke down a bunch of the games, but what do you expect come Sunday night for the bracket to look like? Man, I, I you know, I want to pick Tennessee over Virginia if that is, in fact, the matchup in the Elite Eight. But Virginia, I think, has a lot to prove. I, I like Virginia coming out of the South. You know, this has been a very chalky tournament so far. I, I'm probably going to go chalk. I think Gonzaga gets out of the West. I think Duke gets out of the East after surviving that scare against UCF. And, and I like North Carolina out of the Midwest and, and Virginia. I think you're going to have three ACC teams in the Final Four right now with Gonzaga, um, and that's going to lead to an all-ACC national championship game. That is the most boring and uh, and uh, and predictable uh, Final Four of all time. You picked all four number one seeds. Yeah, well, hey, th- this is a boring Sweet 16. If you want to go with no upsets, I mean, 14, 15, 14 of the top 15 teams in the country are in the Sweet 16, and then Oregon, who is a preseason top 20 team, is the lone double-digit seed to make the Sweet 16. So if that, I'm just going in line with what's happened so far. With rope, get the ignition rolling. Enjoy R. Kelly for the rest of your drive to Louisville. Uh, we will talk again soon. Clay, I'll just close with this. I, I, I too, believe I can fly. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really curious how many different states we're going to lose. R. Kelly believes he can fly. Can your team fly? We'll start to talk about it tomorrow in the Sweet 16. Who will advance to the Elite Eight? Who will move on to the Final Four? We'll have fun. Make sure you download the podcast. Search out Clay Travis. Search out OutKick. Make sure you've downloaded it. You'll enjoy it. I promise. This has been OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now.